bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, Galatians 6.2. You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in and around the city of Sioux Falls. I'm Ryan Chase. I'm one of the elders at Emmaus Road Church, and we've been talking about the one another commandments of the New Testament in this season of Make and Multiply. Galatians 6.2, God calls believers to bear one another's burdens. And Paul adds immediately after that, and so fulfill the law of Christ. That is, by doing this, by bearing one another's burdens, you fulfill the law of Christ. And in the context of the book of Galatians, Paul is addressing a dangerous threat to the gospel, a a false gospel. There were false teachers who were convincing people in the church uh, to seek their own justification, the forgiveness of their sins by works of the law, and in particular through circumcision. And Paul just said it uh, in chapter 5, verse 14, the whole law of God is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says here at the beginning of chapter 6 that bearing one another's burdens fulfills the law of Christ. So you put those two verses together, love looks like burden bearing. Burden bearing is a practical expression of our love for one another. And all of God's commandments can be summed up in those two great commandments, love God and love people. So loving other people is certainly more than burden bearing. That's not the full extent of it, but burden bearing is a particular expression of love for one another. And that's where we started this season with that one another command, love one another. This is just drilling down uh, into a particular expression of how we love each other. Burden bearing, in fact, uh, looks like the gospel. It, it looks like Christ. It imitates Christ and it's moved by, it's, it's uh, motivated by uh, our awareness of the grace of God to us in Jesus Christ. Paul writes in Romans 15, 1 through 3, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So when Paul is encouraging believers in Rome to bear with the weaknesses, the faults, the failings of others, Uh, He does so by pointing them to Jesus Christ, who did not please himself, but laid down his life for us and suffered in our place uh, the punishment that we deserve. So that's the heart behind this. Let let, uh, each of us not please ourselves, but let us please our neighbors for their good, being mindful of the good of others. So what does it mean to bear one another's burdens? Well, we have that clue there in Romans 15, bearing with the failings of others. That means seeking to please others, not self. Uh, Burden bearing consists, excuse me, burden bearing considers the the needs of others over the needs and desires of self. So it's a a form of self-sacrificing, lay down your life kind of love. What exactly are the burdens that others bear that we're carrying? Well, burdens are it can, it can refer to any kind of hardship someone's going through. Uh, the word burden in the Greek is the same word used by the workers in Jesus' parable in Matthew 20 who complain when they say uh, to the master, we have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. They're claiming we were working hard. We bore the brunt of the work, uh, the main weight of the work of the day. 
all of that stress was concentrated on our backs, our shoulders. We we bore that weight. So uh, another way you could express that kind of burden is work that wears you out, that exhausts you. So any kind of hardship, challenge, trial somebody's going through that has a a wearing down, exhausting effect on people. So that could be a health problem. It could be uh, a battle against some temptation. It could be relational challenge, some kind of burden, hardship someone's going through. So to bear one another's burdens then means to take some of the weight of that burden onto your shoulders so that weight is taken off of the other person. So their load is lightened. It's alleviated because you're sharing some of that. And there's no way to bear a burden without becoming burdened in some sense, without sharing in the burden. So Hebrews 10, the author says to Christians, you endured a hard struggle with suffering, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. So he's talking about two different forms of suffering. Sometimes you yourselves were the ones enduring the hard struggle with suffering. Sometimes you were simply partners with those who were treated. They were the ones being treated in that way, but because you associated with them, because you partnered with them, because you cared for them, uh, you experienced some hardship and some affliction just by walking closely with those who were themselves the, the direct recipients of that persecution. Or Think of Jesus' words in Matthew 25 when he says, when I was hungry, you gave me food, and I was thirsty, and you gave me drink, and I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came came to, to see me. Uh, each of those things, hunger, thirst, uh, stranger, naked, sick, in prison, anybody who's caring for those people uh, to feed the hungry, is, it costs giving up food uh, and water. Uh, to clothe somebody costs a pair of clothes. Um, it, it takes time to visit the sick. In some way, when, when you're caring for the particular burdens, the hardship somebody else is going through, uh, there is some sacrifice. This is why it's a uh, an expression of that kind of lay down your life love. That's what how John defines love in the book of First John, chapter three, I believe it's verse sixteen, when he says um, that. Christ laid down his life for us, so we also ought to lay down our lives for one another. So anytime we're bearing somebody else's burdens, we're taking some of that load. And what we keep in mind, front and center, is this is what Christ did for us. He is the ultimate burden bearer who bore our sin in his body on the tree so that we might be saved. So obviously when we bear the burdens of others, we're not doing it in that ultimate sense, but we are doing it because we are so moved by the grace of God for us in Jesus and because we have learned in Christ and his sacrifice for us that this is what love looks like. I've just learned personally caring for a son with special needs that it's impossible to do that without experiencing, without taking on some of his limitations. So he's limited physically by his disability. And so as a family, we are limited just in caring for him and sharing life with him. We're limited in where we can go and what we can do. Our own freedoms are restricted because he's restricted. And so loving him and caring for him and relating to him means that we take on some of those burdens because he can't move himself. We take on the burden of having to move him. So 
bearing others' burdens is a sharing of that load. But it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, God supplies some with extra margin and extra means and extra strength in the economy of God so that they can share in God's own joy of meeting the needs of others. So listen to how Paul frames this in 2 Corinthians 8, 13 through 15. He says, speaking about financial needs and financial burdens, he says, I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their need so that their abundance may supply your need, that there may be fairness. And then Paul quotes the Old Testament and says, as it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over and whoever gathered little had no lack. And he's talking about when the Israelites received manna from heaven and those who gathered much had nothing left over and those who gathered little had no lack. God supplied enough of what was needed this is the way that God always does it. He, he always supplies enough. That doesn't mean that he drops down uh, equal quantities on everyone. Uh, in God's wisdom, he has so uh, constructed the body, the church, so that some people have more and some people have less, so that we might experience his grace in both giving and receiving. It's a grace to learn how to receive humbly. It's grace to learn how to give generously. And that's how God has done it. That's how God means to supply everyone's need. And so when we're bearing burdens, we have this in mind that uh, if somebody else is going through a hardship now, God has given others extra strength, extra margin to be able to help carry some of that. And that's for our good, whether we're the one with the burden that we have to allow others to come in and, and help carry, or we're the ones with the margin to help carry that burden. Both of those experiences are meant by God to be sanctifying and to produce joy in us as we trust him. When you bear one another's burdens, you manifest the unity that we have in Christ Jesus. Uh, burden bearing is a real evidence that the church is biblically healthy and faithful. Uh, listen to two passages here. 1 Corinthians twelve twenty six says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. And Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. So in two different places, we have Paul describing the body of Christ this way, that there is a uh, rejoicing with those who rejoice, weeping with those who weep. That's what it means to bear one another's burdens. Uh, that description does not uh, apply to people who happen to be in the same meeting together. If church is simply people who show up at the same time every week for a meeting, there's not necessarily a sharing in the joys and sorrows of life with one another. That describes people who are in Christ together, people who are joined together in Jesus. This is an expression of our unity. The reason we rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep is because we are united with them under one head, the Lord Jesus Christ. So don't think of church community as though we all existed as discrete, separate uh, individual objects who happen to be dumped into the same uh, bucket or the same junk drawer. We are diverse parts of one body. We're, we're connected. There's a real connection, a unity, more like individual leaves on a tree. You can identify different leaves, but they're all drawing their nutrients from the same root system. We are united in Christ Jesus, and that's why we rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So the extent to which a church, the members of a church, are engaged in 
caring for practical needs, hardships, burdens of others within the community is a real measure of the health and uh, the, the faithfulness of that church and the unity that we have in Christ Jesus. And there's an important warning in Galatians 6, and I want to end with this. Uh, and it stands out in in apparent contradiction. If you look at verses 2 and 5 back to back, notice this. Verse 2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. But verse 5 says, for each will have to bear his own load. Verse 2, bear one another's burdens. Verse 5, each will have to bear his own load. So which is it? Are we supposed to bear each other's burdens or bear our own load? What's going on there? Well, any, anywhere we see in apparent contradiction in scripture, um, one, we know because of the immediate context, it's, it would be unreasonable to think that somehow Paul forgot immediately what he had just said and then contradicted himself so close. We're, we're just a couple sentences later. So we can safely assume there's no contradiction here. Rather, we should ask in what sense are we to bear one another's burdens and in what sense are we to bear our own load? Uh, there, There's a different sense here. There's no contradiction if we're bearing one another's burdens in one sense and bearing our own in another sense. And the difference between the two here is, uh, I, I think, summed up as the difference between um, temporal trials and final judgment. Bear one another's burdens in verse 2 comes right on the heels of verse 1, which speaks of gently restoring a brother who's ensnared in sin. Verse 1 says, brothers, if anyone's caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you also, you too, be tempted. So note, there's a warning here at the end. Keep watch on yourself. Help others. But in the process of helping others, don't forget to watch your own soul, even as you are helping others who are stuck in some sin, ensnared in some temptation, transgression, uh, be mindful of the state of your own soul so that you also don't fall into sin. I I think you could sum it up the way um, you're taught on an airplane, put on your own oxygen mask so that you can help others. You put your mask on first. You have to be mindful. You're no good if you're passed out on the floor from a lack of oxygen, you're not going to be any help to anyone in that case. So put on your own oxygen mask first so you can help others. And even as you help others, uh, you still remain responsible for yourself. That is, you will answer to God for your obedience, your faithfulness to him. Notice verse five, where it said, each will have to bear his own load. Um, that is given as a support to what comes in verse 4, which says, let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor for, because each one will have to bear his own load. So verses 4 and 5, they're, they're linked by the term each one. Let each one test his own work. Each one will have to bear his own load. Test your own work, bear your own load. Uh, I think this is talking about that eschatological final judgment. Uh, Paul warns in verse 7, the following verses, don't be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. So the principle here in bearing your own load is one of personal responsibility. You will reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. You answer to God for your own behavior. Romans 14, 12 And Paul says, each of us will give an account of himself to God. 
So your neighbor will answer for himself to God. You will answer to God for yourself. Jesus teaches the same thing in Matthew 16, 27. The Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Each person will be repaid for what he individually has done. When you stand before God, you will give an account for yourself, and God will judge you compared to his holy law, not compared to others. I, I was in Colorado one time and uh, someone told me there are bears in in the mountains, the woods here. So if you go hiking, make sure you take someone slower than yourself. As long as you take somebody who you can outrun, you should be fine. That's not how final judgment works, where as long as you can find somebody else who is worse than you, then you'll, you'll be cleared. You will answer for yourself. So here's how I would sum up the apparent contradiction here. You are responsible to others, but you're not responsible for them. And this is crucial in the area of burden bearing, because I think a lot of people mean well, have good intentions, really want to fulfill the law of Christ and bear the burdens of others, but end up taking responsibility for others rather than understanding the difference between responsibility to others. And here's the difference. Uh, When I say you're responsible to others, that means you are responsible to treat others lawfully from the heart. That's what it means to, to love people, to treat them lawfully from the heart, to do so sincerely, earnestly. So it's your responsibility to be kind to others, to tell the truth to others, to be generous to others, all of that. But you are not responsible for them. You are only responsible for you. And each person is individually responsible for himself or herself. So one sign that you are taking responsibility for others is that you yourself are stressed out, freaked out, overwhelmed, anxious, feeling out of control because of the burdens in their lives. You are assuming that you are responsible for how they're feeling and how they're responding and whether they're um, doing okay in the midst of their hardship. That's not your responsibility. If somebody's responding, acting sinfully in their hardship, they will answer to God for that. Uh, And that's why Paul encourages Christians, even as you care for one another, bear one another's burdens, uh, be mindful of your own responsibility for your heart condition and your responses to life. You will answer to God. You bear your own load. So bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ that God would be glorified in us and that our joy in God shared together with each other would be maximized. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles, missional communities, or gospel fluency, please email me at ryan at EmmausRoadSF.com. And if you're not currently part of a huddle or MC, let me know and I would love to help you get connected.